0: everyone this is kim c and you're listening to the year of underrated stephen king this is a one woman book podcast i am a university fiction teacher doing my very best to give the underexplored underrated stephen king titles the literary treatment Happy holidays, everyone! I hope everyone is doing well and having a nice relaxing time post-winter solstice, post-Christmas. I am recording during my favorite week of the year, the post-Christmas come-down, leading up to my all-time favorite holiday of them all, New Year's Eve. I am the hugest fan. Yes, 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 I love Christmas. I'm absolutely obsessed. I put up two trees this year. My home looks like a Dr. Seuss glitter bomb went off. That's pretty much my style. Whimsy and childlike sparkle everywhere. So yes, I'm a huge Christmas fan, but nothing, nothing can compare to my love of New Year's Eve, everyone. I love getting dressed up. I love getting sparkly. Champagne is my favorite drink of them all. It just is. And I really could do some damage and stay classy (laughs) on New Year's Eve. I've been training for a while now. I love everything about it. I love that it's a global holiday, that everyone around the world can share that with one another and send those genuine well wishes for a happy new year. No matter what culture you're associated with, no matter what language you speak, and as an educator, that is so meaningful. And most of all, it is a very introspective, reflective time where you get to spend some time with yourself in your heart and think about everything you've gone through this year, the good, the bad, the ugly, and put a little bit of hope out there for what's to come. So this is why the best of Underrated King episodes are my absolute favorite of the entire year. It is just a summation of all the things I love, reflection, introspection, celebration, all the things everyone so i'm thrilled to share this time with all of you and i hope that you all had as magical a year reading king as i did this was so great everyone i know we didn't read as many king titles as we have in years past because some years due to global circumstances i had a little bit more free time to pound through (laughs) these king titles but this year i really feel we packed in some quality titles. So I'm really excited to return to what we've achieved thus far on the podcast and hand up some awards. So for those of you who have not heard our Best of Underrated King episodes, you can jump back to 2020 and 2021. As I mentioned previously, this is our recap episode of the year. I have 10 categories and we're going to hand out some awards for some of the king titles we read this year. But before we start handing out our awards celebrating the Best of Underrated King 2022, let's look back at everything we achieved this year. We have read eight Stephen King titles, I will go over those in just a second, and I think I could have definitely tackled more if I wasn't so busy making so many friends this year, guys. I had the absolute privilege to put forth seven constant reader interviews, it was amazing. I chatted with horror author Jamie Stewart, both the hosts of King Size Podcast in the UK. I chatted with Simon and Matt Robinson, so amazing. Also, my Stephen King bestie, Matt Hurt from Tower Junkies, as well as Tiny from Tower Junkies. I celebrated my 100th episode talking to Stephen King queen and goddess Julia Marquesi, and then early Christmas present, Stephen King genius and YouTube star David McCracken of the Stephen Kingdom. Oh my gosh, guys, what a rich, rich, rich time I had, chatting it up and making some friends. So that was a large part of our year that I'm really really proud of. In addition to our constant reader interviews, I only was able to watch two 2022 Stephen King television releases. I'm unsure if there were more, but I did take a gander at 2022's Firestarter, the remake starring Zac Efron, and the most recently released Netflix's Mr. Harrigan's Phone, so that was some King viewing I did. I didn't really observe anything else that I remember. I also need to get a little bit better at writing things down throughout the year so I don't forget. But the King titles we achieved, everyone, are the following. We kicked off 2022 with 1985's Skeleton Crew. There were 22 stories in that compilation, and I kicked it off with The Mist, followed by 11 and 10, I think, parts 1 and 2. After that, in no particular order, we took a look at 2018's Elevation, the little novel that could. A lot of power and whimsy in that one. I really enjoyed it. Next, we tackled 2002's From a Buick 8, which really greased the path for my next king Carr novel later on in the year which would be 1983's christine we also spent a serious chunk of time absorbing sorting through the trauma and absolutely relishing 1997's fourth dark tower installment wizard and glass we also took a gander at billy summers 2021's absolute masterpiece my god oh my goodness yes 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 spent some time there as well as with 2007's blaze and the small but delightful 2022 short story called finn so eight king titles all together i know it's a little light but it's still good we had some really quality reads and spent a decent amount of time unpacking them which is what i'm striving for so once more 2022 encompassed 1985 skeleton Crew, Elevation, from a Buick Eight, Wizard and Glass, Billy Summers, Christine, Blaze, and the short story Finn. So, if you're interested in diving in more with any of those titles, head back into 2022 with me and check out these episodes. Before we start handing out the awards and I start listing the categories and nominees, I wanted to get everybody excited for my plans for 2023. These are the king titles I am really, really certain I am going to hit. I only have really one or two to three on deck for the first few months of 2023. Of course, changes could happen. (laughs) I am known to change my mind last minute. However, these are the titles I am determined, DETERMINED in all caps to make sure we get plugged in for 2023 they are the following four past midnight wind through the keyhole we're doing it i'm going rogue guys i'm going dark tower rogue and i'm doing it I also want to take a look at Eyes of the Dragon, followed by Fairy Tale. I really want to make sure I read those two back to back. I can't wait anymore. I need to read Fairy Tale, but I really want to take a look at Eyes of the Dragon before I do so. I think that will be majorly fun. I am also super thrilled. I must, must, must read Dreamcatcher next year. It just has to happen. I am also going to read Cujo Thinner. Needful Things. Dolores Claiborne, Gerald's Game, Wolves of the Kala, and hopefully, maybe, maybe, we can squeeze in Desperation and the Regulators that is on the menu for 2023 folks i hope you are excited if you haven't yet said hi on the show you can always go to underrated sk at gmail and write me and let me know if i need to do any initial prep on any of the following titles for 2023 but that is what is on deck so i'm really really looking forward to diving in i'm pretty much set on the first few months of 2023 and we'll talk about that in a little while All right, folks, before we head into the next section, let us now list off our 10 categories. I did follow suit to 2021's list. I felt it was a good one. So we're going to hand out awards for the following. Number one, best hero. Number two, best leading lady. Number three, best slash worst villain. (laughs) Number four, best sidekick number five the character or story that left me wanting more number six best fight scene number seven best romance number eight best stephen king tv number nine, best Stephen King short story, and number 10, best Stephen King novel. Those are our 10 categories, everyone. So let's start the show. And in the next section, I will announce the nominees and winners for the 10 awards for the best of underrated King 2022. I'll see you there. Before we head into Year of the Rabbit, let's give some awards for the 10 categories wrapping up the Best of Underrated King 2022. For Best Hero, I have five nominees and two honorable mentions, as I do. Some categories will have honorable mentions, which still allows them to be a contender for the award. I always try to narrow it down to five, if not four, if I can, but sometimes we just have too many good ones to overlook. So for Best Hero, the nominees are as follows. Number one. Billy Summers. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Everyone, if you haven't read Billy Summers, please do it now and jump back to my episode on Billy Summers because it's a gush fest. It just truly is. Number two for best hero, Cuthbert and Alen from Wizard and Glass. They are Roland's friends. Forgive me everyone, I was a total bozo during my Wizard and Glass coverage and I said Cuthbert because I was emotionally wrecked and not thinking clearly, not reading my notes consciously. It is Cuthbert to my everlasting shame, forgive me for the mispronunciation, Cuthbert and Alen from Wizard and Glass. Number three for best hero, David Drayton from The Mist. If you guys remember, he is our main protagonist. He is our father figure who heads into the grocery store with his son. All hell breaks loose. Definitely a hero in my book. Number four, we have Curtis Wilcox from From a Buick 8 curtis is a member of troop d he was one of the most passionate deputies they had really became a scientist to uncover the mysteries of the 1954 buick roadmaster i really liked his character a lot definitely a hero number five we have liberty high school teenager dennis gilder from christine definitely heroic toward the end he was and now for my two honorable mentions For best hero, I have Clayton Blaisdell from Blaze. Yes, he's not exactly heroic because he's a little bit of an anti-hero for sure, but based on what Blaze survives and endures without becoming an absolute murdering psychopath, I think there's some good stuff there that puts him in the hero category. He definitely chooses good when he could have chose wrong, and I honor him for that a little bit. Honorable mention, Clayton Blaisdell. Then we have, because I love him, because I will, I'm really, really smitten, honorable mention, Roland DeShane. Roland DeShane was, of course, last year's best hero. He could win again, unknown, but I had to give Roland an honorable mention because it's Roland, it's Roland, guys. Like, he just, even though, (laughs) as you guys know from my three-part Wizard of Glass coverage, I had a lot of thoughts about Roland this time, some of them weren't so pleasant, but I still will give him a heroic honorable mention. Our next category is Best Leading Lady. We have five nominees. Our first nominee is, of course, the oh-so-lovely Susan Delgado from Wizard and Glass. Next we have Libertyville High School student, Lee Cabot. Not too bad. Definitely a leading lady. Number three, we have Alice Maxwell in Billy Summers. She is only 21, but definitely mighty, resilient, and full of grace. Number four, heading into the short story territory, Ophelia Todd from Mrs. Todd's Shortcut. This lady is absolutely legendary. If you have read that short story from Skeleton Crew, it really made a huge impact on me this year. Check her out, Miss Ophelia Todd. And number five, my fifth nominee for best leading lady is from another short story within Skeleton Crew, Stella Flanders from The Reach she is in her 80s a lifelong resident of goat island but made a huge impact on me this year our third category is best slash worst villain we've got some good ones guys oh my gosh this year for villains holy crap so this first one is a little unique let me explain of course i have to put her at the top of the list and that is the infamous 1958 Plymouth Fury named Christine, of course, of course, but like I discovered in the novel, Christine does not stand alone as she does in the 1983 John Carpenter film. She is connected to Roland D. LeBay. LeBay is Christine, Christine is LeBay, so I put two in one category our first nominee is Roland and Christine because they just go together. They're a sandwich of doom and evil. So I'm really excited for the new Christine film that is said to be released next year or maybe 2024. But I'm really hoping we get a stronger connection to LeBay because it's definitely necessary. So that is our first nominee, Roland and Christine number two, we're headed back to Magus. We are slinking in the shadows like a snake to see Rhea of the Coos. She is the unkillable witchy-woo at the heart of Wizard and Glass. She is a very powerful villain who you really can't kill her. And that's the mark of a good villain for me, most definitely. She is icky, she is really the definition of a gross old witch. But don't underestimate her, that's for dang sure. Rhea of the coos. Number three, I nominate the Coffin Hunters. These are the three villains inside Wizard and Glass that are trying to take out Roland, Cuthbert, and Alain. These guys are bad news bears. The unforgettable Eldred Jonas, Roy DePape, and clay reynolds the coffin hunters they are a bunch of cutthroat murderers terrorizing the town causing trouble at every turn definite marks of great villains number four for best slash worst villain i have crime boss nick magerian from billy summers this guy is another one you don't want to underestimate very powerful very cunning lots of connections definitely worth exploring Our last villain nominee is, of course, of course, of course, someone who's really rising in my ranks as my favorite Stephen King villain that is randall Flagg, aka the man in black it is official everybody as of finishing wizard and glass i realized the man in black aka walter is none other than mr randall Flagg. so flag is of course infamously an incarnation of the new testament demon mentioned in the book of luke Legion. King has explored that in greater detail within 1978's The Stand, but throughout his work, Flag definitely seems to be, as Legion says, or we are many, many, many faces of evil and unkillable cunning genius. So, of course, Flag's got to be on the list. I do have one honorable mention. This one's a little iffy, iffy, but I did want to throw it in there. In From a Buick Eight, at the heart of the story, we have The very mysterious, incredibly strange, and yet powerful 1954 Buick Roadmaster. This thing is a portal to another world. It brings forth a lot of creepy critters. Is it a villain? Not really, but it also doesn't really help with making life better for Troop D in the rural Pennsylvania outposts. They... it, it really causes a lot of problems. And King does hint that the car may in fact be the cause of some very sinister things that happen. In my episode, I kind of had a little bit of an issue with this, as you'll hear, but I still would like to give it an honorable mention. When I think about the 1954 blue Buick Roadmaster, I don't necessarily have it as neutral in my mind, so we're definitely giving it an honorable mention for a villain. Okay friends, moving on to category four, best sidekick. Oh, we had some gems this year, guys. Number one, we have George Rackley from Blaze. Now, I struggled with this one a little bit because George Rackley is not a good guy. I was this close to putting him in the villain category, but he is not alive in the novel Blaze, not physically alive. He only exists in Blaze's mind and in his memory. Because of his presence in the story, Blaze is able to survive a little longer and a little better if George wasn't there. So I'm definitely giving George a nomination for best sidekick. My second nominee is Bucky Hansen from Billy Summers. This guy is definitely the person you wanna keep in your back pocket if you're in a jam. He is in the criminal underworld with Billy. He knows what this life and business is all about. He is the perfect person and a really great character in that novel. Number three. My sweet friends from Gilead make another appearance. Best sidekicks, Cuthbert and Elaine. Cuthbert, of course, really shines bright in the later half of Wizard and Glass. He's the one that's definitely speaking out and trying to knock some sense into Roland, even though it's not easily accomplished. Really good sidekicks, good boys to have in your corner, good friends all around. Number 4, my fourth nominee is of course another character from Wizard and Glass who is just a super precious lamb and very helpful in a jam, Shimi Ruiz. So sweet, really love him. Lastly, my final nominee for best sidekick is Troop D. This is a gang of about 18 to 20 Pennsylvania cops who really have each other's back. We have alternating characters within the From a Buick 8 novel. And one thing that is incredibly apparent is how all of them really live for each other. We all see this with the character of Ned Wilcox, who is the young son of deceased Curtis Wilcox. Ned is really lost and just spending tons of time at the Troop D headquarters because he's so sad and so heartbroken and grieving and so awful All of Troop D sort of gather around Ned to tell them about his father, tell them about the mystery of the Buick, so great sidekicks all around. Our fifth category is the character or story who left me wanting more. So our first nominee is Scott Carey from Elevation. That is, of course, a very short little book. It is sweet, it is odd, but it definitely packs a lot of meaning. Especially if you're in a vulnerable spot as a reader. I really, really like Scott Carey, but dang, I needed more. Number two, we have Finn. Forgive me, I don't have his last name. I know I have my PDF floating around somewhere, but Finn from the 2022 short story that was released this year. I totally jumped on it because I just got back from Ireland and this takes place in Ireland. This is a short, action-packed, little suspense ride. Definitely wanted more from that character. Another character who left me salivating is, of course, Arnie Cunningham. Arnie is at the heart of the Christine novel. His story is, whoa, it is intense, it is sad, it is frightening. But the way it goes out for Arnie, I definitely wished a different spotlight would have been given to him 100%. So Arnie Cunningham left me wanting more. My final nominee for the character or story who left me wanting more is, of course, the ENTIRE novel from *A Gate*. I love that novel so much. Really sophisticated, very curious, lots of philosophy in there. But toward the end, I felt King was giving us some underbaked bread in certain spots so i was really wanting more i understand the entire delivery of the novel the entire package is supposed to be about the unknown and accepting what we don't understand what we don't have power over to influence i got that i got it still it doesn't mean i'm thrilled about it i still wanted more so it's a final nominee for me in the category of the character/story who left me wanting more on to number six, best fight scene or action sequence. Let's do it, guys. Number one, we have a pretty epic coffin hunter shootout within Wizard and Glass we actually have a lot of those it's kind of great king really does channel the late 60s early 70s clint eastwood westerns of the good the bad the ugly for a few dollars more a fistful of dollars i think that trilogy was hugely influential on king so we've got some pretty epic shootouts and the one concerning the coffin hunters is particularly memorable i was a fan My second nominee for best fight scene or action sequence is, of course, at the end of Christine, where we are in Darnell's garage. We've got Dennis Gilder, Lee Cabot, and Christine in an ultimate explosive showdown. And whoa, we got literal dead bodies flying through the air, folks. Like, this one is intense. It is hugely dramatic. It was really good. Number three. Billy Summers, the shootout at Nick Majerian's hideout. That was intense. High body count there. Really liked it. Number four, we have a pretty decent shootout at the end of Blaze. It is in the Maine woods. There's snow. Blaze is on the run. Little baby Joe Gerard is hidden underground. It was really suspenseful. It was pretty good, guys. I liked it. And then this one's a little wild. My fifth nominee, just go with it. I did not like this short story from Skeleton Crew guys, I had a lot to say about it in my part 1 coverage, but the short story The Raft you guys remember that one the 14 sort of swim out to the raft in the middle of the lake and there is some alien black goo thing picking them off one by one and killing them i kind of like that part the horror and the suspense of this mysterious black slime that could come through the boards and suck you under and very cool so i actually really enjoy parts of that story in terms of viewing it from an action sequence it was pretty cool i thought that there was a lot of of good stuff there in terms of observing how this menacing black slime got rid of these teens. So it's a nominee for best fight scene or action sequence. Number seven. Oh, finally, one of my favorite categories best romance. Our first nominee is, of course, young Susan Delgado and Roland Duchesne. Oh, folks. I was really into it <laughs> you can definitely hear it in my voice in the part one wizard and glass coverage i am just a swoony teenager over that one i think i'm supposed to be i think that's what king would have wanted so i fully embraced it it was wonderful number two billy and alice this one still has me burning and pining this was tremendous this was really great because it's forbidden it is absolutely not something either of them should do but you definitely want them to do it so i loved it i really did number three we have dennis gilder and lee cabot from christine so this is a kind of unlikely pairing sort of kinda dennis of course was in love with lee at the very start when he first sets eyes on her but Lee Cabot was dating Arnie. She was really sort of enjoying their time together but Christine freaked her out and then soon Arnie started to freak her out so she managed to fall into the arms of Dennis and they did make a good couple. I thought they had some sweet moments together, especially when both of them were really concerned for Arnie and staying alive when both of them realized there's a really evil freaking car that wants to kill us both. Number four, we have mrs todd mrs ophelia todd and homer inside the short story from skeleton crew mrs todd shortcut So this one is another tricky one, guys, because they don't necessarily have a romance, but there is a definite bond between the two of them. This is also further solidified at the very end of the short story. When you get to those final moments, you're like, okay, there's something. There's really something here, guys. So Homer and Mrs. Todd, please, please, please take a gander at this one, guys. This is a mysteriously cool and rather sweet at the end short story that definitely brings the vibe of romance my last this is another iffy one (laughs) but it could work it really could so this is kind of a metaphorical romance but i wanted to talk about mrs Flanders from the reach and her love for goat island This lady lived her entire life on the island. She never once went to the mainland, never, ever, ever. She just had this immense love and connectedness to the town, everything it stood for, to all of her neighbors, her community. And there was an immense love for her as well that at the end of this story, it is very touching. It is incredibly memorable. So while it is not a conventional romance, there is a lot of love there and maybe there is A love affair for ursula and this town it's an iffy one you could strike it from the record if you want i understand but i did want to throw it out there i really loved that heading into our eighth category is of course our best stephen king television for this year we only have three nominees because i went on what was currently released this year do forgive me if i missed anything I wasn't super duper plugged into Stephen King film releases this year, but the three that I do have here are Starter, Chapelweight, and Mr. Harrigan's Phone. All three of these were released in 2022. I only watched two of them, but I still wanted to mention them, so those are our three nominees for Best Stephen King TV number nine let's head into best stephen king short story for 2022 i have six nominees number one is of course the reach from skeleton crew this is the very last story of the bunch it just moved me so much guys mrs Landers and her final trek across the reach Number two, Mrs. Todd's Shortcut, super obsessed, can't stop talking about it, my number two nominee. Number three, so this one's gonna be fun either before or after you listen to this episode, please head over to Tower Junkies because I had a super amazing conversation with Matt Hurt on two stories from Night Shift. I'd never read them before. I haven't even touched Night Shift, so it was super duper fun. Matt made me read The Boogeyman and Sometimes They Come Back. I liked them both a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, but I was really, really quite impressed with Sometimes They Come Back. And that's why it's our third nominee so we actually have a total wild rogue wave here from night shift sometimes they come back is in our third nomination spot so super good number four we have uncle Otto's truck that one is so cool I love the historical time period which this one takes place I love everything about it it's just so oh it's so full of greed and has a really memorable ending very very cool Number five, this is another one I chatted with Tiny and Matt over on Tower Junkies, Survivor Type. This one, I did not really care for it at first, and then upon a second and third reading, I love the hell out of it. I kept thinking about it. I love that narrator. He is just such a narcissist, which is kind of repelling in a narrative for sure, but unforgettable. I really, really like Survivor Type, guys. Super good stuff. And lastly, we have another story I chatted with Matt and Tiny about the jaunt. I did have a lot of problems with it concerning how it's aging. We do have a lot of high tech stuff that has desensitized slash spoiled our perception of things. So at the time of this was written, there is a lot of genius, contemporary, interesting concepts King is working with, a lot of futurism that actually works. But there's a couple moments that prevent me from fully loving this. However, it is one that I really liked analyzing. I really like spending some time with this one so that's why it is an honorable mention if i forgot to mention that previously the jaunt and number 10 our final category for our 2022 best of awards best stephen king novel we have six nominees number one billy summers number two wizard and glass number three from a buick eight number four christine number five blaze And number six, Elevation. I know Elevation's a little one, technically it's a novella, but we're throwing it in there. (laughs) All right loves, those are our 10 categories. Once more, we have best hero, best leading lady, best slash worst villain, best sidekick, the character slash story who left me wanting more, best fight scene or action sequence, best romance, best Stephen King TV, best Stephen King short story, and best Stephen King novel. Those are the 10. Stick with me and I'll announce the winners in the next section. King fans, let's hand out some awards for the best of underrated King 2022. Starting with best hero, once more the nominees are Billy Summers, Cuthbert, and Allen from Wizard and Glass, David Drayton from The Mist, Curtis Wilcox from From a Buick Eight, Dennis Gilder from Christine, and we have two honorable mentions: Roland Deschain from The Dark Tower. Clayton Blaisdell from Blaze. The winner for Best Hero is Billy Summers. 100% everyone. I, I love Billy. I have a major crush on him. Roland won last year. He was close to winning again, but I was a little mad at Roland this year due to everything that transpired in and Glass. I know I'm gonna move past it, I'm gonna be okay, and I'll get back to loving him soon, but this guy named Billy swooped in there, everyone, and really romanced me heart and soul. So Billy is definitely our winner for best hero, best in a lot of things, Please, please, please take a gander at Billy Summers sooner rather than later. Make sure to check out my episode on Billy Summers and then jump over to King Size where I had the most amazing chat with Matt and Simon. It was absolutely epic. I think he's releasing it on New Year's Eve because he's just a gem. But please, please, please check that out. It's just a complete Billy Summers love fest and we need more of them. On to number two, best leading lady. Once more our nominees are Susan Delgado from Wizard and Glass, Lee Habit from Christine, Alice Maxwell from Billy Summers, Ophelia Todd in Mrs. Todd's Shortcut, and Stella Flanders from The Reach. This was a tricky one, friends. I have a lot of feelings for many of these ladies, but the one who absolutely deserves this award is Miss Susan Delgado from Wizard & Glass. Oh, oh, my stars. She is just loveliness and light and hope and possibility. And I was really, really glad to spend some time with her on the page in Wizard & Glass. She's just a blazing star of loveliness. I love her so very much. Susan Delgado from Wizard and Glass, the winner of Best Leading Lady. Number three, Best Slash Worst Villain. We have Roland D. LeBay and Christine together, as they should be for Best Villain. Number two, Rhea of the Coos, the unkillable vampire witchy-woo from Wizard and Glass. Number three, The Coffin Hunters, Eldred Jonas Roy DePape and Clay Reynolds, this gang of cutthroats, really, really bring the action from Wizard and Glass. Number four, Nick Majerian from Billy Summers. Number five, Randall Flag from Multiple Stories, but for this award, Wizard and Glass. And our honorable mention, the 1954 Blue Buick Roadmaster from From a Buick 8. This was another tricky one, friends, so, so difficult. I was this close to giving it a double award, but at the last second I was like, no, this particular character, I'm still thinking about them. I am still, they're still in my mind, that's the sign of a winner. That is Miss Rhea of the Coos, this old, slimy, slithery, manipulative, powerful, we should not underestimate her, monster of magus. Rhea of the Coos. I'm really excited what her next move will be. She is a very powerful female character that I'd like to explore more in the future when I talk to additional folks about one of my favorite Stephen King categories, and that's the women of Stephen King. So Rhea! Rhea made it! Christine was so close! She was right there! She was so close to stealing it, but in the end, I gave it to Rhea. On to number four, best sidekick. Our nominees are George Rackley from Blaze, Bucky Hansen from Billy Summers, Cuthbert and Allen from Wizard and Glass, Shimi Ruiz from Wizard and Glass, Troop D from From a View a Gate. The winner for best sidekick is absolutely without a doubt Shimi Ruiz from Wizard and Glass this guy is a precious angel he's just so sweet and means well he's helpful he's actually put in several dangerous scrapes trying to help Susan and Cuthbert Allen and Roland he is just a little precious lamb and I am so grateful we get to spend time with him on the page he's a sweetheart I'm as we know, Wizard and Glass is definitely the turning point in the Dark Tower novels, where things start to head in the direction I feared they were going, such as the loss of characters we love. Not necessarily—it's not hundred percent black and white—but I'm, I'm sensing the foreshadowing. I'm picking up what King is putting down. But Shimi was just an absolute delight, so he wins my award for best sidekick. Number five, the character and story who left me wanting more. Number one, Scott Carey from Elevation. Number two, Finn from the short story Finn, released in 2022. Number three, Arnie Cunningham from Christine. And number four, the entire novel of From a Buick 8. And the winner for the character slash story who left me wanting more is... Scott Carey from Elevation. Yeah, I really like this story, guys. It was it's full of whimsy. It's very Willy Wonka. It's charming, it's sweet, and its brevity is a real source of curiosity. It works. It's definitely something that is just over and done sooner than you'd like. But Scott Carey, he's I I wanted just a little bit more, I mean all of these I wanted more of, but Scott Carey really was craving just a tiny bit more time with him. I think it works as it is, I do, I understand the reason for such brevity, it does. some sense but i think king was i just was craving super duper hungry for some of that king character development that we love 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 so much just a little bit more from scott's childhood a little bit more reflection on youth and growing older that would have been perfect scott Carey from elevation number six best fight scene or action sequence the nominees are the coffin hunter shootout the multiple shootouts we have from the coffin hunters but the one i was thinking about in particular concerns the wizard's glass merlin's grapefruit in particular if you guys know what i'm talking about number two dennis lee and christine the showdown at darnell's garage Number three, Billy Summers, the shootout at Nick Majerian's hideout. Number four, Blaze, the shootout in the snowy Maine woods. And number five, The Raft. The entire story, really. The way that River Goo picked off those four teens, pretty epic. The winner for Best Fight Scene goes to Christine Showdown at Darnell's Garage. Oh my goodness, guys oh my goodness there is a literal dead body flying through the window it is menacing it is bombastic over the top dennis's leg is all mangled they have to oh it was cool it was very cool it was very 80s i was very into it (laughs) the showdown at darnell's garage is our winner for best fight scene number six best romance we have susan and roland from wizard and glass Billy and Alice from Billy Summers, Dennis and Lee from Christine, Mrs. Todd and Homer from Mrs. Todd Shortcut, and though it's a stretch, Flanders and Goat Island from The Reach. The winner for Best Romance is, of course, without a doubt, young Roland Deschain and Susan Delgado. Oh friends, it's so Romeo and Juliet. It's just precious. It's young love. It's forbidden love. It's all those things that are so intoxicating. There's, uh, King handles it quite well. It's just, he gives them a lot of private moments. He gives them a lot of time to be carnal together, which is important when you're teenagers. It's just romantic. It's so sweet. I loved it. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about a lot of things from *Wizard and Glass. But yes, Roland and Susan win for Best Romance, hands down. Number eight, Best Stephen King TV. The three 2022 releases I have are Firestarter, Chapelweight, and Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Granted, I did not watch Chapel Wait. I hopefully will in the future. I did watch Firestarter and Mr. Harrigan's Phone and the landslide winner, Mr. Harrigan's Phone on Netflix. Oh my gosh, everyone. That, first of all, that novella within 2020's If It Bleeds was my absolute favorite. I love it so much. If you are a Charles Dickens fan, you to read this one. This has so much Dickens peppered throughout, but it is such a beautiful story on growing up, those hard things we face in life, and maybe what happened when we reach out to the dead, and if they answer back. So, 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 so good. I'm just obsessed, and the film was so beautifully done. It is so close to the story. It is just dramatic, and powerful, and visual. <sighs> I'm a drooling fan, everyone. Mr. Harrigan's phone Number nine, best Stephen King short story. The nominees are The Reach, Mrs. Todd's Shortcut, Sometimes They Come Back, Uncle Otto's Truck, Survivor Type, and The Jaunt. This was very, very tricky. Very difficult, everyone, because I've actually listed a different short story as my number one this year. <laughs> but when it comes to picking a personal favorite, one that I just can't stop thinking about, based on its narration, its overall story, the character development, some really powerful, memorable scenes. I had to give it to The Reach. Again, very conflicted because I think Mrs. Todd's shortcut is actually my favorite. As I've announced in one of my compilations this year of my top 15 Stephen King short stories thus far, still many more to go and discover. But I keep thinking about The Reach, guys. It's so good. I don't know if it's just... A certain time of year or people in my life but i was just thinking about stella flanders and her personality and that main identity i don't know i don't know i just love it so much it's so powerful I equally adore Mrs. Todd Shortcut. Sometimes they come back. It was a total trip, really enjoyable. And everyone on this list is just a winner. But The Reach is my winner for the best Stephen King short story for 2022. Check it out if you haven't. Inside 1985, Skeleton Crew. My last award for 2022 is number ten, the best Stephen King novel. We have Billy Summers wizard and glass from a buick 8 christine blaze and elevation okay listeners my dear friends i had an impossible time picking one absolutely impossible We have two winners, we have two gold medals given today. I can't help it, I tried, I tried, I tried, I made a pros and cons list for both of these titles and I could not choose, I could not choose, I just could not. I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. We have two winners and they are 1997's Wizard in Glass, of course and 2021's Billy Summers. Yes, yes, yes. I loved the hell out of both of these. Billy Summers really, really, really got an emotional reaction out of me, guys. Like, I did an ugly cry on my couch after I finished that one. That has not happened in a long, long time. Not concerning a novel, not concerning a King novel, so that was definitely something that got me thinking. I love talking about Billy Summers. Incredibly powerful, wonderful novel. And then my doors got blown open by Wizard and Glass. Holy hell, guys. Here I was, just a little tourist through the Dark Tower, making my way through it for the very first time. 2021, I made my way through the Gunslinger, Drawing of the Three, and The Wastelands. And this year, I... uh, Wizard and Glass. I was not prepared for the absolute leveling up we get with this beautifully told, rich lore-soaked romantic tragic graphic multi-layered saga where we're given Romeo and Juliet and Wizard of Oz and oh my god speechless everyone i'm speechless i was so wrecked by this book guys it took me three parts i never ever ever have done a three-part coverage for a novel this thing was such a game changer i was so emotionally compromised i was so oh my gosh i'm still i'm still wrecked by this book it was incredible and i think at present it may be my very favorite in the dark tower series thus far we'll see i know we still have a few more to go Billy and Wizard, they just have, I could not, you could not pay me to choose between one or the other. They get the award, both of them, for the best. They were just both the best. They really did a number on my heart and mind. I'm still thinking about both of them. Incredible Kingworks that, yeah, I'm still recovering from these two stories. That will wrap up our list, everyone. So let's do a final recap. Our winner for best hero is… someone I have a huge literary crush on, Billy Summers. Our best leading lady is Susan Delgado from Wizard and Glass. Our best slash worst villain is Rhea of the Coos from Wizard and Glass. Our best sidekick is Shimi Ruiz from Wizard and Glass. The character or story who left me wanting more, Scott Carey from Elevation. Number six, our best fight scene slash action sequence, Dennis, Lee, and Christine at Darnell's Garage. Number seven, best romance, hands down, Susan Delgado and Roland Deshane from Wizard and Glass. Number eight, best Stephen King TV, Landslide, Netflix's 2022 release of Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Number nine, best Stephen King short story, The Reach from Skeleton Crew, And number 10, the best Stephen King novel of 2022, there are two of them, Billy Summers and Wizard in Glass okay my loves that will send us to the end i hope you had a good time those were our 10 awards for the best of underrated king 2022 it's been an amazing year thank you to all my constant reader interviews who are so incredibly kind and generous with their time please jump back to some of those interviews if you missed a few they are so much fun these guests are amazing they are all tremendous king fans and constant readers and they have taught me so so much And thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you out there who have made this show a part of your year, a part of your month, a part of your day. I know that we've slowed down just a little bit. We hope for a little bit more momentum next year, but life is happening. We are in quotes post pandemic unknown so in between grading these fiction drafts i am reading king i am still in love with this little show i'm having fun i'm so excited for the king titles to come in 2023 so please expect those as well as hopefully more stephen king constant reader interviews so once more i plan on tackling wind through the keyhole eyes of the dragon Fairy Tale, Dreamcatcher, Cujo, Thinner, Needful Things, Dolores Claiborne, Gerald's Game, Wolves of the Cala, Desperation, and The Regulators. Perhaps, 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 perhaps we might have Song of Susanna in there. Unknown, we'll see how the year goes. I believe we're also getting a Holly Gibney novel out this year, so I will certainly be paying attention to King TV as well. But thank you all, everyone around the world for listening to this show. If you would be so kind to share this show with a constant reader in your life or a new King fan who might want to read a King title for the very first time. If you haven't already, I would love if you would rate and review the show wherever you are getting your podcasts. We are currently available on Audible, so if you are an Audible subscriber, that might be a great way to share the show with a friend it would mean the world to have you guys also say hi. Please write into to underratedsk at gmail. Let me know what you think about the show. Let me know what you thought about 2022's episodes. Any of the King novels I have explored on the show are always, always open. Let me know what you thought. We can always chat about these King plots, recommendations you have. I am so eager to hear from you all from the bottom of my heart thank you thank you thank you all so much i'm now going to pop open a bottle of champagne and there's some truffles that i'm going to nibble on right next to it (laughs) tis the season i hope you all have a beautiful and safe new year i will see you all in january 2023 where i'm going to begin the year with four past midnight we have four novellas inside that collection I have never read. I'm super duper excited. So what we're going to do is give each novella its own episode. I'm pretty dead set on four past midnight kicking off 2023. So get excited, get your copy, start listening to the audiobook, and I'll be ready in the wee weeks of 2023. Once more, I love you all. Have a wonderful rest of your holiday season and happy new year. Take care and bye-bye.